Today on the news and why it matters, experimental drugs hold promising results for treating the coronavirus. And Ilan Omar endorses President Trump's actions, has hell frozen over. Also, Tulsi Gabbard suspends her presidential campaign and endorses Joe Biden, who does not appear to be okay at all. We've got a lot coming up and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined in studio, two guests in studio once again. We've got Josh Hammer, syndicated columnist Josh Hammer, who thank you very much for risking your life to come and be in studio with us. Also, a very big thank you to Yakubuyans, who is also risking his life to come be in studio. Huge risk, Sarah. Huge risk. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, we're keeping it small. We're, as you can see, we're staying. We're keeping distance. Uh, we have certain protocols in place to make sure that we are still being safe. But we got to deliver you the news, right? So uh, President Trump today held a press conference where he asked the FDA to lift uh, the rules and bureaucracy to combat COVID-19, also known as the Chinese virus. Uh, there are a couple different experimental drugs that uh, scientists are working with. There is one that is an antiviral therapy called remdesivir. Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and it is thought to work by blocking the virus from reproducing itself in the body. Um, there are also a couple other uh, drugs that are being used with positive results, one being uh, azithromycin which is also commonly known as ZPAC. Another one is used to treat malaria. Um, now, the FDA commissioner, Stephen Hahn, said that the FDA is going to work to make sure that the products are still safe and effective because once you say, hey, you got to relax your rules so we can try these things, people go, oh, okay, but what if you're not supposed to use it for that and there are unintended consequences later on down the road? Uh, Hahn said that though the right drug may be, may be available, uh, Without the right dosage, the drug may do more harm than good, and that the FDA is exploring drugs that are already approved for other indications. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts on making these drugs available to try? My thought is that the FDA is probably one of the most underappreciated harmful agencies out there. I've been saying this literally since like middle school or high school. I had a buddy from high school, one of my best friends from childhood who is like a pretty small government guy, he told me, let's just get rid of the FDA in its entirety and slap strict liability on, on these pharmaceutical companies so that if they give you a bad product, you, 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 know, you sue them into oblivion. <laughs> like, how is that not like a very simple and elegant solution? I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, yeah. but look, one thing that Trump did very well in his, his handling of this horrible crisis was he let it so that the FDA could allow pharma companies to experiment for their own tests. Yeah. He could have done it probably a little earlier on if we're, be, if we're trying to be fair, but he did do it to his credit. Why is that not the norm? Like, mm -hmm. why are pharma companies not allowed to do this on their own? Like, th that is a ridiculous regulation. That yeah. should be the norm going forward. Great news, of course. You know, I saw a headline from a, a, maybe it was like a week or two ago. There's a um, small farm facility way up in, like, northern Israel near, like, the Syrian or Lebanese border that apparently is, like, very, very close to developing their own um, cure. At the time, the Ayatollah in Iran was kind of going back and forth about whether he would even like, like allow this Israeli drug to be used for his Iranian population. Obviously, they not a, not a huge fan of the Jews over there in Iran. But how wonderful would that be for the BDS Jew-hating schmucks across the country if, if, like, if Israel, of all countries, were to create this virus or this vaccine to solve this? But in any event, let's stick to the domestic right now. Good job for Trump. This has to be the norm going forward, though. Like yeah. this regulation that is apparently was precluding pharma companies from developing these tests, got it. 
Mm. Eviscerate it. it. Makes no sense. Yeah. Yaku. Yeah. Can I share something? Please. All right. So chloroquine mm -hmm. is the drug that fights malaria. Malaria, yes. 76 years we've been using this drug against malaria. If you take chloroquine today and you don't have malaria, no side effects. Does nothing to you. It exists. There's ample study. If, in fact, Dr. Brixt is right, mm -hmm. that it does eliminate corona, I'd much rather take a drug that's been on the market that Americans have used versus some new cockamamie vaccine that comes from who knows where. If it comes from Israel, I'll trust it. <laughs> no, because I'm part Jewish. If it comes from Israel, I'll trust it. But if it's going to come from Europe or China, no, don't put that in my body. I think it's smart. He said when he started his campaign to run for president, I'm going to deregulate this country. We need to deregulate. The FDA has harmed this country at times. There's solutions for illnesses in this country, particularly in cancer, mm -hmm. that they've blocked. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm not on the FDA bandwagon. Yeah. So I'm for Trump asking them, hey, relax the purse strings a little bit here. We need to do some work. But there's, they're going to find things that's already on the market. Because this thing runs parallel with the flu. It has got similarities. It's upper respiratory. It's not like it's something we've never seen ever. And let's take a drug that's already existing. And just to kind of highlight uh, the point that I think both of you are making, which is there's way too much red tape uh, when you get the FDA involved in everything. Um, you know, I think it was President Trump who signed the right to try yeah. Uh, yeah. act that came out. And it, it's just it was appalling to me. You know, I had an uncle that died from ALS and it was just appalling to me that. You had these, you know, companies who said we want to be able to try this drug. We've gone through phase one. It's had good results. These people are given a death sentence anyway. Why not just let them try if they consent and say, yeah, I want to try the drug. What other choice do I have? I'm going to either die right. or I might live. And maybe there are unintended consequences, but I'd like the right to try to live. Yeah. And he had to, I mean, before he signed that, you're not allowed to do that. It was an executive <laughs> order. He had, yeah. right. Oh, that's right. That's it was right. an executive yes. order. He had to go that far right. to say, wait a minute. We're in a dire situation for an individual. Give them the right to fight and to try. And if a company is willing to innovate, and I'm telling you, if he does this, Josh, we're going to see incredible advancement yeah. in American medicine. You, you Watch, because we've got great companies. In oh, this yeah. Country. We're innovating like crazy. We in have the best innovators, the best scientists, Absolutely. the best pharmaceutical in the world. researchers in the entire world. Absolutely. All they need to do is get the government off their back. But the broader point here, which I think all three of us are actually making, I think the FDA is an underappreciated target of conservatives' collective ire. A lot, yeah. a, a lot of us kind of, kind of like wag fingers at the EPA, Department of, Department of Education. To be clear, those are worthy targets, I think, of our frustration. They should be severely minimized. The FDA for decades has gotten away with this, though. It's really, it's really, it's really terrible. And like, the right to try example is the quintessential example of them all. It is fundamentally, hold aside like efficiency and economics. It is fundamentally immoral and unjust, I would say, for the government to preclude someone with ALS who is dying mm -hmm. to not have access to potentially cutting-edge life-saving medicine. That is, a, that is a violation of the social contract at its, at its core. I'll tell you this. There's a doctor. You can look him up. Dr. Meshullam, okay? Israel, okay? In Hebrew, Hebrew Institute in, in Jerusalem, Israel. He has literally spoken to the FDA for years about results in Alzheimer's and cancer you know, that they've made, and they get blocked. They always get blocked. It is practically impossible to get the FDA to approve new drugs. It is extremely expensive, time consuming. You, you need to lay a decade down, about 10 years and multi millions of dollars to get a drug approved. 
And so we need to loosen that up because we are not the leader in world medicine, not because we don't have the innovators, because of the FDA. Yeah, because of the red tape. Uh, Josh, we last spoke with you on Monday remotely. How have you, what's your sense of how, you know, things have changed since now Monday? He's but here. Uh, he is. We, we talked him into coming. Um, <laughs> but how, how do you feel like President Trump has handled all of this coronavirus craziness since we last visited on Monday? I mean, I think he's done generally a good job. I mean, his, he, you know, th- this daily press conference is basically going well. I mean, I'm not sure how much longer that the people will want a daily press conference with the president, but for now, I'm still enjoying it. I mean, like an, on Fox News, I was watching earlier, he was kind of talking to, uh, to all the governors of the states. He seemed to be kind of mm-hmm. in it and paying close attention, which for Trump is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, no, I think he's handling himself very well. I mean, like, look, he, I, I think from a policy perspective, his, his, his head is generally in the right place right now. Um, I, I tend to be cautious in this environment. I don't think that, that we should expect the government to underreact. I, 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 I err on the side of, over, of overreacting. I'm slowly getting woke as to whether or not that's, a good, that, that's always a good thing. We're going to pull you over yeah, but, to but, our side. But, but, but for now, <laughs> I'm, I'm resisting the tinfoil hat stuff, and I'm, <laughs> and, and I'm erring on the side of overreaction. But look, um, he's t- talking about like, um, delaying mortgage payments for homeowners. These are basic common sense steps right yeah. now. He's not, he's not acting outside of his lawful authority. He has delegated his authority already by the Congress. This, this is basic common sense stuff that he should be doing. But isn't it that basic common sense because once you force businesses to shut down you have to then give them something to work with right don't pull me over sir <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm just saying uh yaku what are your thoughts yeah no look i'm never one for leaning towards overreacting okay yeah. this has been look i'm not for the record saying the virus is not a serious uh, illness but we've blown this thing out of proportion the math just doesn't line up with the reaction there's just no way we can look at common flu this year. Heck, I've got numbers for you on more, you know, 22 veterans committed suicide in the last mm-hmm. two days. I mean, come on. When you start really talking about life and the value of life, the numbers don't add up. Okay. You know, you know the, the um, most unfortunate part, I think, of this whole situation is, Josh, you know, you're saying I err on the side of overreacting for right now, and you're saying the opposite, Yaku. But when it's all said and done, if we've already overreacted, how do we know, let's say that we contain it, Right. Credit is going to be given given to the overreaction, Absolutely. but we don't know that that's really what solved the problem. Yeah, do, do you know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of, it kind of reminds me of like the soybean farmers in Iowa who were hurt from the various tariff wars and then were given like like subsidy bailouts. And it's like, okay, well, we kind of caused this problem, right. and, and then we have to fix it on the back end. Right. Um, here's what I will say: this Imperial College of London study that apparently is, is like the be all end all study that everyone in Washington is relying upon. It's like it was projecting like two. Two to three million American deaths, I think. That's <laughs> BS. Um, <clears throat> it, I mean. Yeah, it, it is a deeply flawed study. Okay. Um, apparently, apparently, that, <laughs> uh, apparently, apparently that that group that put out that research is is funded by the Qataris, which is like a, sure. a, a, yeah. a severe enemy of the United States. Um, there's a radical there named Jeremy Grantham, I think is his name, who's like a George Soros as climate like greeny environmental nut job. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some, and here's here's the problem. The problem is that. Um, a lot of people in the, sh- in the so-called shallow state who are in Trump's inner orbit, I think are part of the same kind of globalist, neoliberal set that would subscribe to that study. I'm not going to like point fingers, but like Steve Mnuchin, classic example of that. Ex-Wall Street guy. It strikes me as the kind of guy who would be very, in- very gullible and willing to believe anything like that, that that's put in front of him. So mm. that is the close I'm going to get right now to the tinfoil hat stuff. But <laughs> I, I, I'm slowly being awoken. It's pulling good. him over, no, Yaku, I'm, I'm, last I'm so glad you're here. You know, it's happening. Look, I think he's doing a good job. 
I think he's being cornered every day. They're trying to corner the guy. You know, they're pushing him in a corner. I, I, I. Well, they're going to criticize him no matter what no he does. No matter what. You're damned if you do, mm-hmm. you're damned if you don't. He could get a cure for cancer tomorrow, and they're going to find a way to right. blame him for it. But I hope that those in his orbit today are leaning towards the side of less regulation, less overreaction, because there are nations that's actually leaning towards letting the human body build antibodies to this virus, and it's working. Mm-hmm. And the decline, and I think we're going to be able to draw the parallel and say, okay, a place in the world that overreacted versus a place that didn't, right? And I think you're going to look at those curves and see maybe the overreaction is not the way to go. Mm. All right, coming up, uh, as Josh mentioned, Steve Mnuchin, he actually confirmed that Americans will be getting those $1,000 checks. We will get into that and a lot more. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. So, all of you dog owners out there, I know you love your dog, right? We're here in America where our dogs are our family. We don't, like, eat them like some other countries. And, you know, you want to spend, you want to invest in your dog's health. You buy this really expensive dog food, uh, and you're thinking, I'm, I'm really doing what is best for my dog's health. Well, yeah, well, here's the problem if you're getting dry dog food, is that they actually kill all of the good nutrients, the enzymes, the probiotics, everything good in that dry dog food, they're killing to give it a two to three year shelf life because they're sterilizing it. You don't realize it. The dogs need all of those nutrients back in their food. If you really, really want to see your dog thrive, you got to try Rough Greens. We have this uh, for our dog as well. We have a seven-month-old Doberman puppy, and she absolutely loves it. I know Glenn's dog was a really picky eater as well. Um, He actually just, like, gulps down his food now whenever you sprinkle rough greens on it. So I did say sprinkle. It is not a dog food. It doesn't replace your current dog food. It's a supplement. So you sprinkle it on top of the dog's food. It puts back all of the probiotics, the nutrients, the enzymes that they are missing out on from that dry dog food. So if you would like to see your dog thrive, uh, order Rough Greens today, you can go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. Take the Rough Greens 14-day jumpstart challenge today. It is $14.95. That's it. You will see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. I did. You're going to see it too. Go to roughgreens.com. That is R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash blaze. Steven Mnuchin confirms the plan for $1,000 cash payments to all Americans. Uh, He said that we could all get $1,000 checks within nine weeks. And uh, the trillion-dollar package, just just a trillion dollars, it's fine. I mean, once you're so in debt and there's so much deficit, who's really keeping track anyway? Uh, This will provide every adult American with a $1,000 check plus another $500 for each child that they have. Uh, here is a little bit of what Manukin had to say today. The second component, and sure. you know, I refer to this as checks in the mail, but that's the, it's really money direct deposited. Most people, we have all their information. And the plan <laughs> is uh, $500 billion in two tranches. The first one would be $1,000 per person, $500 per child. So for a family of four, that's a $3,000 payment. Uh, as soon as Congress passes this, we'd get this out in three weeks. And then uh, six weeks later, if the president still has a national emergency, we'll deliver another $3,000. So that's, that's a lot of money to hardworking Americans who are at home, no fault to theirs. 
Now, that is only half of the bill that they passed. That's only uh, half of the bill's overall spending. Another $300 billion in the bill would be, help to, uh, would be used to help businesses keep people on payroll and offer loan forgiveness um, for those that do after the crisis ends. And then already unemployment claims have shot up by 33%. Um, after the first two weeks of March. Oh, and then $200 billion would be used to secure lending to airlines and other critical industries hit hard by the pandemic. I've only heard about the airlines, though. Have either of you heard any other no. specific industries? No. I've just heard airlines. Restaurants. Well, it would be interesting yeah. to see bars, restaurants. Yeah. restaurants. I mean, even some retail stores that are considered non-essential are forced to be closed. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see which uh, which industries get involved in which industries get left out. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts on this $1,000 payment? So lots to break down here. Um, let's start with the airline, like the bailout part, actually. So there's one thing that's obviously very scary, which is the fact that people in Congress, the administration are literally picking which industries potentially to bail out. That's kind of the quintessential yes. pick, picking of winners and the losers winners and lo- yep. that the Tea Party yep. kind yep. of railed against in 2010. Yep. Um, having said that, I do have one point to make. I think that a bailout here is not just different in scope, but different in kind than what we saw in 2008, 2009. The difference is that, um, and this, kind of, this is going back to my days when I was back in college and studying economics, there's a concept called moral hazard in insurance. A moral hazard is basically when you bail someone out for something that he or she should have readily mm-hmm. foreseen. When we bailed out the banks and even the auto industry in 08 and 09, that was, a, that was a kind of run-of-the-mill financial crisis that led to a traditional macroeconomic recession. That, that's the kind of thing those companies should have foreseen. Here, if we're going to, again, if we're, if we're believing the statistics, we are talking about a once-a-century pandemic. Not really the kind of thing that if you're kind of planning a business that you can foresee. So I don't have a theoretical kind of philosophical, philosophical objection to those kind of bailouts per se. Talking about the $1,000 a month payments... So let's call space pay. This is Keynesianism, okay? Like this is this is traditional kind of left-leaning liberal economic policy within the realm of Keynesian economic policy. Every economist worth his salt would tell you that literally handing out cash is the most efficient way to do this, as opposed to kind of like trimming around the tax code or earned income tax credits or even like wage subsidies. So within the realm of demand-side stimulus, this is the most effect- efficient and probably a probably effective way of doing it. Here's the problem: the problem is that you stimulate the demand side. There's no supply because everything's shut down. So you're giving people cash. Where are they going to spend this cash? Yeah. Okay, like they're, I mean, they're going to go online, right? So like, if I were investing right now, I would buy Amazon, Netflix, all the places that people are going to use this money online. But they're certainly not going to go use that cash to bail out the mom and pop shop down the street because the mom and pop shop down the street is closed. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a catch twenty two here. I mean, I'm happy the administration is doing something. I wonder if they've truly thought it out, out though. Okay. Yeah, look, we're moving fast, right? And a lot of things are happening fast. That's why I was talking about the advice the president is getting. Um, I think this is going to have an effect come election time. This very one point, this very issue, particularly in the lower income class, they're going to remember. They're going to remember what this president did for them as about cash in hand. Something very interesting, though, in the restaurant industry, Ray Washburn, who's a Texan, who's a Dallas guy, owns most of the casinos was on the news this morning saying, here's an issue they have. Their insurance does not cover a pandemic. Mm. So all the restaurant insurance they have to cover lack of business, employment, firing all these people, temporary workers are being fired, right? It's not covered. So they're pushing really hard, the unions, the restaurant, the restaurant union is pushing really hard to get insurance to cover it. And they're asking government to backstop 
that with insurance companies. That makes sense to me because, I mean, nobody could foresee this. Not even insurance companies could right. foresee this kind of a pandemic. So there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things, but there's also great solutions, right? A great solution is like, look, let's backstop this. I'm not asking for a handout. I have insurance. Mm. You know, yeah. let me just be able to claim on the insurance to pay my, my employees or to keep the restaurants open, et cetera. But as far as the cash in the mail, yeah, I, I think we can, I agree with you. Historically, it's proven that's the most effective way to do it. But there, there's, there's political spillover over this that I think is positive for the administration. Yeah. I really do. Uh, Representative Ilan Omar, obviously a huge critic of President Trump. Now, I, I present this story to you guys. I bring it to the table. Uh, I'm a little bit cautious because I, I don't know what to make of this. She actually praised President Trump's leadership as incredible and the right response at this critical time. Now, she was talking about President Trump's decision to invoke the Defense Production Act. She retweeted uh, someone else's tweet and said, politics aside, this is incredible and the right response uh, at this critical time. And then she went on to say, uh, Ayanna Presley, that is the Ringo of the squad. Ayanna Presley always says, unprecedented times require unprecedented leadership, and we are seeing that in our country right now. I have faith that we will survive this as a nation and build together. Finally, we should never let politics get in the way of good policy. This is a great start and hope others will be part of a united front to push for good policies that will help us work through the economic anxiety the country is feeling right now. I when I hear that Ilan Omar is good with the economic policies that are being put forth by the president, it, I don't know how that makes me feel, Josh. Yeah, I mean, as, <laughs> as, as, as the Jew here, I'm not sure that I want to be with Ilan Omar either. Right? Um, but, um, you know, you know, you know, what this reminds me of actually it reminds me of uh, Barack Obama did a White House correspondence dinner back in like 2013 or 2014. It was, I think it was Ted Cruz's first piece of legislation that he got enacted into law was he banned the new Iranian ambassador to the United Nations from actually coming to New York City because he was involved with the hostage yeah, taking in 79. Obama signed that into law and he made, he made, joke, he made a joke about this at the White House Correspondents' Dinner where he played a little montage of him signing the, the bill into law with Cruz looking over his shoulder and then like the devil flew in from out of nowhere and hell, and hell froze over. So like, this feels like hell freezing over, right? I mean, Ilhan Omar agreeing with Donald Trump. Um, you know, look, I, I, when she's right, she's right, I guess. Give her credit. Give credit where credit's due. We're trying to, we're trying to be fair, trying to be balanced, I guess. Um, but um, it's, it's crazy. Um, that is not a tweet that I ever expected to see. I mean, get, sign her up for the Trump train. Sign her, <laughs> sign her up to knock doors in, in Wisconsin or Ohio, right? <laughs> Something tells me, Yaku, she's not going to go that far. No, I don't think so. But look, this is an endorsement for Trump. So somebody screenshot that tweet yeah. before it gets deleted, right? Put and it in a campaign and, ad. And let's put it in a campaign <laughs> ad and let's run it really, really hard. Let's tell the whole world that right now Omar is behind Trump, not Biden. You know, she hasn't said anything about it. No, shocked me. Mm -hmm. Maybe a moment of clarity and sobriety. And let's give credit where credit is due because we're going to be fair. I'll take it. But yeah. like a good fighter... You can compliment me before the fight, but it doesn't change what we do in the ring, baby. We're still coming for you. I like that analogy. Uh, all right, we've got a lot more to come, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Keeps. 
So these guys sitting here at the table, they don't have anything to worry about because they got nice thick heads of hair. But some of you out there, women included, because it happens to everyone, both genders. Yes, there are only two, men and women. Um, it happens to everyone. Maybe you're losing your hair and, I don't know, you just you don't want to go to the doctor, especially if you're a man. You men don't go to the doctor to begin with. You never want to go to the doctor for anything, so you're not going to go to the doctor for this. Well, Keeps is here to help you out with that. Keeps offers uh, a generic version of FDA-approved hair loss treatments. So also, they do it all online. You don't have to go to the doctor, like I said. You take a couple pictures of your hair, you send it in to Keeps, and uh, they have a doctor who recommends the right treatment for you. Oh, and by the way, 66% of men, yes, 66% of men actually experience hair regrowth with Keeps. They're not just not losing their hair, they are regrowing their hair back. Keeps ships everything directly to your door, so especially very helpful in the time of like self-quarantine. You literally don't have to leave your house, just like President Trump is telling you not to do. You can follow the rules and also get something to help you keep your hair. Uh, you can go to keeps.com slash why. Get your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment 50% off. I said five zero. You don't want to miss out on that. That is K-E-E-P-S dot com slash why. Keeps.com slash why. Well, we were just talking about people who were actually giving President Trump uh, credit, and we were giving them, or at least her, Ilhan Omar, credit where credit is due for admitting when President Trump does something right. Well, I think she was just a handful of, well, maybe she's the only one. I don't know. Biden advisor Simone Sanders, not so much ready to give President Trump credit for anything. In fact, she just used this as an opportunity to call the president a racist, obviously. Watch. A leader has to lead from the front. And so what President Trump came out job and some of what point. he announced today was it's, it's a tough job, but it has to be done. And some of what he said today was good. But the reality is he also stood at the podium and uh, called the coronavirus COVID-19 uh, what I would suggest is a racial slur. It's something that Why? is offensive Why to is me, that? Uh, Chinese-Americans. To call it a Chinese virus that, when it originated in China. Why is that a something that is offensive it is something that is offensive to many Americans. And so the reality is, instead of name-calling, instead of pointing fingers, instead of talking about so poll on, numbers, let's, be let's serious. just talk let's about be what we can for a get done. Here. So if there is something that is offensive mm -hmm. to someone, mm -hmm. it is therefore a racial slur. Mm -hmm. I yeah. don't yeah. know that I follow that logic. You know, I was, I was watching this live last night, actually. My very first thought was it reminded me of the old controversy about the Washington Redskins name in the NFL. People, a lot of liberals get yeah. their, get yeah. their yeah. high yes. horse. They say, oh, my God, it's so offensive. They've done polling on this, okay? American Indians in the U.S., or Native Americans, whatever you want to call them in the U.S., they literally poll, like, 95% of them couldn't give a you-know-what. They, don't, what. Care. Like, they, they don't care. They literally do not care at all. <laughs> So I imagine if you polled like Chinese Americans, they similarly would exactly. feel about this. Because by the way, most Chinese Americans who are they here, they despise the Chinese Communist me. Party. Yeah, they, they literally came here because they were yep. fleeing that horrific regime. It's, just, it's the same thing for Cuban Americans in Miami. Of course, they hate the Cuban government. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's actually a broader point here, and um, my column tomorrow is going to hit on this. I don't want to give away the farm, but Joe Biden is uniquely vulnerable on the issue of China. Okay. Forbes magazine had an article last August where they, the headline was Joe Biden is China's best chance to normalize 2020. Joe Biden has a decades long history of kowtowing to the Communist Party there. He was very instrumental in getting the most favored nation trade status and kind of getting them into the World Trade Organization in the late 90s, early 2000s. His son Hunter famously accompanied him in, in 2013 on a, 
an ostensibly diplomatic journey to Beijing. What do you know? A few months later, Hunter gets on the seat of a highfalutin private equity firm in Shanghai, and now he has a 10 percent equity stake in said firm. They're, ca- they're literally capitalizing him. So Biden is very vulnerable on this issue. I think it's a great opportunity for Trump to reframe this election as a referendum on China because his whole MAGA anti-globalization nationalism message plays directly into an anti-China platform. And Biden is uniquely vulnerable. So if Trump can make this election about China, he's in very good hands here because the media, they are way out in front of their skis on this. Biden, way out in front of his skis on this. The, the median American is with Trump on that issue. It's not they're not with Biden and, and, uh, and the media. Yeah, look, uh, the interesting thing is Trump's popularity through this whole coronavirus thing has not gone down, number one. They've given him firepower. China gave him firepower. This started in China. It's the China virus. And it's the reason it's not an Asian American that made that statement on national news, Mm. because they won't go back there for nothing. Mm -hmm. They won't defend that regime. And it's despicable what the left is doing, jumping on the China train. That's a laughable comment, okay? It's It's a fetal attempt to sling mud and politicizing a crisis like this, which is so par for the left. Well, you know, I keep seeing too, and I I have compassion for children, right? So when someone comes to me and they say, well, I have a child who is half Chinese and this hurts her. And I'm like, but we can't change the facts because it might be uncomfortable for your child to hear. I don't know if the child is really hearing it, but I mean, we can't we can't change something every time it hurts someone's feelings. And again, I have compassion for kids, but I don't see people ganging up on Chinese Americans in the streets of the United States. I don't see that. You're looking hard enough. Apparently well, well, not. I mean, I would also, love for someone to send me yeah. some sources because I keep hearing this on Twitter, which I know is my first problem for actually paying attention to what's being said on Twitter. But I keep hearing this as like, well, tell that to all of the Americans who are beating up Chinese people. And I'm like. What are you talking about? And where were you when all of these Americans were beating up people with red hats in the streets? I know they try exactly right. Yeah, they're trying to push a narrative. Maybe for that mom, it's a great opportunity to do some parenting. Right. Sit your daughter down and say, now listen, honey, it's mm-hmm. not about you. Mm-hmm. Don't take this personally. The fact is, right. it did start in China. Right. Okay. That's just the facts. We, we, we have to stop changing the facts in this nation to placate to the 1% that are getting their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in good news, because we all need a little good news, right? Texas Governor Greg Abbott is now letting restaurants deliver alcohol with their food orders to boost sales amid coronavirus social distancing. So yesterday he issued an immediate waiver and now restaurants can, they can, uh, the only the ones with mixed beverage permits, uh, they can deliver the alcoholic beverages with food purchases only. So beer, wine, and mixed drinks. What else is there to do when you're sitting on your couch? Am I wrong? Sarah, I was literally laying on my butt on my couch at 9 p.m. last night, and I actually tried to get some whiskey delivered. I wanted to come ASAP because I was really kind of – I'm, I'm literally not exaggerating here. I was trying to get a rush delivered. The quickest they could get it was 8 a.m. like this morning. Like, oh, so I was kind of bummed out. But if I had known that, yeah. they, that they, could, they could deliver it with my dinner – right. I would have taken advantage of that. And you know what? I'm going to take advantage of it moving forward. Well, I mean, because you you look at it, it's a win-win. You're helping boost the economy, and you're also helping pass the time uh, while you're sitting on your couch doing nothing. Yaku, I know you don't drink. So look, I don't drink, but I'll tell you this. God bless Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, there's a reason this is the number one state in the nation. There's a reason this state works and California doesn't because of these kind of 
you know, inventive ways of thinking. What I don't know or understand is how do you how do you make sure Billy that's eight, 17 years old that's delivering pizza is not delivering spirits now? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Are they carting you at the door? Surely somehow something that I, I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. But I love the heart behind it to say, look, we're going to find ways to stimulate the economy. We're not going to sit and wallow in the virus. We're going to be proactive. You know, so Texas, go Texas. You know, it's funny. You look at uh, you look at things that they do in the middle of something like a pandemic where everyone's panicked and everyone's scared. And so for some reason, everyone says, yes, let's give the government more power. And you look at paid sick leave and how, OK, if there's no sunset in this bill for paid sick leave for small employers to pay for, like, Maybe we shouldn't be agreeing to this. And then you see stuff like this. And I'm like, I'm good with no sunset. I'm good. We can just keep doing this after the pandemic. That's, that's why, why not? Though. People say, hey, they did this right forever. <laughs> why, yeah. I'm why a, not just have this be a thing? There was one tweet that said, I'm paraphrasing. There's Governor Abbott elected like for forever. Right. <laughs> Stay forever. Be governor forever with this kind of policy. No, I mean, it's. It's good to, to laugh about something and, and see somebody thinking outside the box, like Abbott's done on many, many things. I mean, great, great governor, great state. Yeah, but the best governor we've had in, in my lifetime. He's amazing. For sure. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Uh, all right. Tulsi Gabbard is suspending her presidential campaign and endorsing Joe Biden. That's a lot to unpack just that one sentence. We will do that after the break. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, NetSuite. So for all of you entrepreneurs out there, small business owners, I know it's a tough time right now for everyone. Um, but something that you really will want to have in your life, especially once things start getting back to normal, is NetSuite. So um, we actually use NetSuite here at Blaze Media, and it helps us accelerate our growth. So what NetSuite does, and by the way, NetSuite is by Oracle, who I'm sure you guys all know. They are a very well-known, well-trusted uh, program developer. So NetSuite actually it gives you all of the different things, the different tools that you need for your company to run your company, to run your small business. You've got accounting, you've got inventory, you've got finance, HR, all of these different things that you're trying to look at. But if you don't see them under the same umbrella, you can't truly know your numbers. And if you don't know your numbers, you're not going to grow your business. That is where NetSuite comes into play. They have everything all under one umbrella. You can look at your true numbers and know that they are true numbers because they all are working together. You can also see it on the cloud. It is available on your phone, on your computer, um, wherever you're at. If you are traveling, as we know, if you're a small business owner, you're probably always on the go. If you are traveling, you can always get to it. Right now, you can schedule a free product product tour. By the way, I mean, again, we're all just sitting on our couches. Now is the perfect time to schedule a free product tour. You will also get a free guide, six ways to run a more profitable business, which I mean, you know, if you love money, you might be interested in that. You can go to netsuite.com slash why. That is netsuite.com slash why. Tulsi Gabbard announced today that she is suspending her presidential campaign and endorsing Joe Biden, which is weird because, I mean, Tulsi was a former Bernie person. I mean, in 2016, mm -hmm. she worked for Bernie. She, uh, you know, endorsed Bernie. And now all of a sudden she's endorsing Joe Biden. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is holding online uh, 
rallies, I guess you could call them. And honestly, honest to God, not saying this to be mean, does not seem to know what the hell is going on at any point in time of the day. Watch. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks. 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 Ah! Okay. Uh, walk off. Joe. Joe. <laughs> I can't. So that was obviously the end of one of his uh, online rallies. I'm not sure if he still knows how the internet works. I'm not sure if he knows that that record is... Record player. Record player. Yeah, he, right. he seemed very surprised to see his wife. I don't know if he knew who she was. He seemed very startled and he was waiting for like a standing ovation. I don't know, but he does not seem to be okay. Joe Biden is not well out there. I mean, he's just not, he's, he is not with it. And like, it, it kind of like, it, whether it's right or wrong to say, it doesn't matter. It's it's just like, a, it's a factual yeah. uh, observation that I think everyone who's sane in America is, is collectively realizing that he is not fit right now. Um, Tucker Carlson, a few weeks ago, back when Bernie was kind of still in the race, had like a, well, I guess he's technically still in, but back when he was really in the race, yeah. had like a Bernie, had a had, yeah, well, he had like a Bernie bro on the air just to kind of hammer home the point that Joe Biden is senile. So it's not just Republicans that are saying it. It was literally mm -hmm. this Bernie guy who was on Tucker's program saying it. He is, he is not with it. Um, Tulsi is a bit of an enigma. Yeah. I don't really know what to make of Tulsi Gabbard. She was like a very socially conservative Democrat about 15 years ago. Yes. She, she comes from like a very like idiosyncratic religious background back in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. She was really one of the last... Democrats in like a major office to kind of switch on the marriage issue yes. in particular. I think yes. she was like pro-life a while ago too. So yep. I don't know what to make of her. Um, she obviously is very, very, very concerned um, about certain Middle East issues. She loves Bashar al-Assad in particular. Um, I thought they might have led her to a Bernie endorsement this time. I don't really know what she's thinking, but the, I'll tell you one thing. The guy who was overseeing a lot of these drone strikes in Yemen, um, Joe, Joe Biden with Barack Obama, strikes me as a weird ideological fit for someone who is generally okay with mollycoddling like the Iranian and Russian regimes like mm -hmm. Tulsi Gabbard is. I don't get it. Um, maybe you get a little better than I do, Yaku. Uh, I have two things. Let's start with Tulsi. I said it on the show. I, I really believe Tulsi is making a play for a VP bid. Mm -hmm. Tulsi is not going to get it from Bernie. Biden said on the air, I'm going to pick a woman. And, and that whole con you know, controversy that came with that. I really think Tulsi is, that's why she hung on so long. And she's hoping and she's vying for a bit. She's flipped and flopped throughout. You know, from being a soldier all the way to the day, being pro-life at one point, then pro-choice, uh, marriage. So th that's crazy. Joe, though has gone off the edge, okay, long time ago. And like I said off the air, uh, watch Hunter Biden resurfacing. We're going to push on Hunter because, mm -hmm. because Joe said the other day, Trump doesn't want to debate me. No, you're wrong, sir. We cannot wait. You know, it, that is an interesting theory, and I, I think I would buy it. Would you, Josh, that Tulsi, this is just a strategic move for her personally so that she can, you know, come out getting something out of this, but it feels like if there was anyone in that entire, uh, you know, selection of that, the 10 million different candidates uh, who first were the Democrat uh, nom or candidates, the presidential candidates, if there was anyone to not do something mm -hmm. like that, it seems like it would be Tulsi. She seemed like she was, she was really in it, yeah. knowing she didn't stand a chance because she wanted to do something about the Democratic establishment, about the Democrat party. And 
now look how far she's fallen. Yeah, I mean, my best guess is that she's probably just become bored with being a congresswoman. I mean, she's been yeah. there for a number of terms now. She probably is just like literally not in, not interested in her job, which is probably why she ran for president in the first place. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's probably cynically trying to get a cabinet position at worst, maybe, maybe vice president at best. Um, I think Stacey Abrams is probably the front runner for the yeah, vice presidential yeah, tapping right now. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I think it's going to be Stacey, if not Joe picking her by himself at the party, saying, "Hey, this is," right. or or is the party finally, yeah, getting getting Tulsi under okay. their thumb, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, step in line here. You know, yeah. you're still in our party. You know." We'll see. Uh, So for those of you who don't like your ears bleeding, you may want to not tune in for this. But uh, there were some celebrities who they wanted to do their part for what's going on with the coronavirus and the social distancing thing. So they decided to get together along with Gal Gadot and uh, give you this beautiful rendition of this beautiful, timely song. Imagine, again, warning, if uh, you're not your ears are not going to like this much. I ran into this video of this Italian guy playing the trumpet um, in his balcony uh, to all the other people who were locked inside their homes. And he was playing Imagine and there was something so powerful and pure um, about this video. Uh, and it, it goes like this. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Yeah. I, I mean, at least they are doing their part, helping the people make sense of all of this. I, I'm not sure that they've donated anything, but, uh, but they sang. Does it get any worse than self-aggrandizing <laughs> yep. celebrity types looking into a camera and singing one of the worst songs in the history of Western civilization? I mean, No, Josh, it does not get any let worse. Let alone, like, in horrific <laughs> musical fashion. It was awful. I mean, Sarah Silverman, like, oh, my God. God. Should not be singing. Oh my God. Should not be singing at all. I mean, uh, my like 90 year old grandmother can do a better job than that, I think. <laughs> but um, no, that's painful. Um, it really kind of ruins Gal Gadot for me, too. I mean, like every Jewish guy my age, I kind of love Gal Gadot. I mean, she's, she's pretty hot, obviously. Yeah. I mean, like, but like that was just terrible. Yeah. Yaku, last word. Look, it's about them. Yep. Not it. Yep. Last word. <laughs> all right. Back in a minute. <laughs> Yesterday's poll, uh, will Bernie supporters vote for Joe Biden? 70, no, I'm sorry, 80% of you, 79.8, 80% of you said no, 20% of you said yes. Now, do you agree with this, Josh, first of all, that Bernie supporters will not vote for Joe Biden? I think a large, large percentage of them will not support mm-hmm. Joe Biden. So do you think the ones that are not supporting Joe Biden, do they stay at home? Do they vote for Trump as a protest vote? Do they write in someone? That's what I'm trying to make sense of. I think of. most will probably stay at home. Okay. Uh, I, 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 but there will be some who will vote for Trump, for yeah. sure. Yeah, what do you think? I, I agree. I think a percentage for, of, the, of the portion that does not vote for Joe, mm-hmm. I think probably 
seventy percent just say screw it. Yeah, that's yeah, they, right. they just want to And thirty percent says I'm still going to go anti-establishment, which is President Trump, who is doing a great job. Absolutely right. And then the question is, do they still burn Milwaukee down? I don't know. That remains to be seen. Today's poll has the corporate media been irresponsible with the way they have covered coronavirus. Oh, come on. I mean, if anyone says no to this, just ship your ass to China, please. How about that? Josh? I like that. Do I even uh, need to... to if, I, if this poll result is anything less than <laughs> 99 to 1, I question our audience right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make us proud, guys. Make us proud and don't retweet this to your liberal friends. Okay, Yaku? Terrible job. Horrific. The worst ever. I think before the yeah. show started, we said, this is a new low. Yes. Mm. A record low. Yes. They're just breaking records in the wrong direction. This is the lowest. I mean, there's 10 feet of crap. <laughs> and then... Well, it's the media. And it's funny, too, because if they don't want to see President Trump reelected, you'd think that they would have the self-awareness to just shut up when they need to shut up. But apparently they, as Yaku said, they can't help themselves. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.